0: I can't feel my fingers anymore. I that's they're, they're, they're numb. Maybe you should wear these extra gloves. My hands are starting to get sweaty. hands on the turn. Get field. No it. backhand towards the goal. Loose puck. Everybody scores. Tie game. Can you believe it? Defended by Simmons. Is this the dagger? Team! Series! Two won, Boska! Oh, Boska! I'm
1: so happy he's on my team. They drafted a two-point. Signed into a 20-year deal now.
0: what is going on everybody welcome back for another episode of frostbite sports brought to you by blue collar media group you can check us out as well as tons of other great podcasts articles and videos over at bluecollarmg.com so go give that a look and uh i'm harrison and as always i'm joined by my co-host jeff folk
1: what's up everybody let's talk some sports
0: So we're going to jump straight into it today with some hockey news. Uh, This came out a couple weeks ago that the chief medical officer in Ontario decided that the OHL can resume play, but there won't be any body checking allowed. You know, I don't really know what to think of this. Uh, It it doesn't really make much sense to me, especially because, you know, body checking is not allowed, but guys are still going to be lining up face-to-face during face-offs, like, what, 30, 40, 50 times a game, so... I don't really understand what they're going for here with the no body checking or how it's going to look, but uh, Jet, what do you think about this announcement?
1: So am I to understand that this is a COVID protocol? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense at all. If you're trying to stop COVID, you don't play the games.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, I I don't think that they're doing what they think they're doing here. Um I guess kudos to hockey for taking another step slightly forward when everybody else is way ahead, but holy shit. Um yeah, if if the plan was to make a good image for the public, I don't know if they really thought this one through. But like, I don't
0: I don't know even know what to expect cuz like is it going to be like adult safe hockey, like rec hockey where if if you just bump into someone you're getting a penalty? Like if the goal is to get people not in contact with each other, like you know, they're still going to have to be, you know, some body contact. You can't play hockey without a little bit of body contact. So I don't know how they're going to enforce this even. And I don't, I don't, I honestly don't think it's going to even change that much, other than a couple big hits in the corner or uh, open ice hits. But I don't know. This is
1: now. Hear me it. out on this one. Do you think if they forced players to wear like the bubble helmets? You know what I'm talking about? Like when someone gets injured. Mm-hmm. And they got the like full bubble. Do you think that would actually do anything or my I grasping at straws there?
0: I mean, I'm sure it would help a little bit. I mean, they do have the the holes in there, right? So it doesn't all fog up and stuff, but I mean, it, just having anything with like a full, full bubble face shield would be better than nothing. And, you know, that, that seems like that should be the first, uh, first choice for them instead of just taking, hitting out of, like these guys are getting ready to go up against the biggest, fastest players in the world. You know, if they get drafted to the NHL and you're just going to take hitting out of the game, some poor 15, 16 year olds is going to come into the OHL this year and then just get drafted in a couple of years and just get absolutely lit up by like some big fucker, like, uh, like Furland or somebody like that. Just going <laughs> to light up somebody.
1: Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. Uh- can't can't really give them props there in regards to developing their players, anyways. But I mean, I don't know. Sounds to me like they had no intention of actually doing anything, and then they heard the chief medical officer, and they're like, "Uh, uh, well, um, let's let yeah, let's take hits out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone in the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't <laughs>
0: see, didn't really think it through too much, anyways. Uh, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, anyways, also in the hockey world. uh, So since the draft, reports have surfaced about uh, Arizona's fourth round pick, Mitchell Miller. Apparently this kid, when he was like 14 through high school, relentlessly bullied a developmentally challenged black kid in his school for years and years, including racial slurs and, and everything. He ended up having to go to court over this. He was sentenced to community service. And part of that sentence was he had to write an apology letter. Uh, to the family and to the, to the kid he, was, he bullied. Apparently, he never sent the letter and has still never so much as acknowledged the family in any form of an apology. And since then, he has been dropped by the coy- Coyotes and the University of North Dakota where he's supposed to play. I don't know. Jet. what do you think of this whole situation?
1: Well, I didn't like the, prou- the proud day that Arizona had of releasing him because you were the franchise dumb enough to draft him in the first place um so i don't know why you deserve any props for letting him go say and on a hockey side of things way to go wasting a fourth round pick it's like great job
0: yeah that's it that's the other thing with arizona they were they're actually like one of the league leaders in like anti-bullying campaigns and shit like that yeah and then they draft this kid who like everyone knew about this stuff well before the draft they still drafted them and then they just got roasted by everybody saying like, well, aren't you supposed to be the leaders in this kind of thing? And then you draft a kid who's been relentlessly bullying a a developmentally challenged kid. Like this isn't like normal bullying, like who goes out of their way to do that.
1: Yeah. And and
0: like, yeah, I mean, you, you honestly, you deserve to lose more picks than just the fourth round pick,
1: but whatever. Well, I mean, do I think that down the line, uh he should get a shot somewhere potentially let's see i mean i don't think he should have ever been drafted i don't think he should ever make any serious coin but i mean if he plays in like say an east coast team or something and does well is showing signs of developing as a human being and not being a fucking piece of shit you know what i mean like over time could he work his way up into a scenario where he might play in the nhl Sure, but I think that there's a lot of development that has to happen there, not only as a player but as a person. Yeah, see, and this is that's
0: sort I'm uh, not quite the same, but like I keep seeing these all these arguments about, oh, you know this kid's 14, we're ruining his career for something he did when he was 14, like whatever happened to second chances, all this stuff. First of all, I mean we've all been 14, and I don't think any of us have you know went out of our way to bully a mentally challenged kid. Especially racially. Especially racially. And secondly, I mean, so the thing about second chances is if you don't take them, it's hard to tell for people on the outside. It's hard for them to tell if you've ever even got one. You know, this kid's had chance after chance after chance to apologize, to go out of his way to, you know, try and show that he's a better person than this and that he's grown from it. And he just hasn't. He's gotten his second chance. He doesn't deserve any more second chances, in my opinion. And I hope he never plays a meaningful game of hockey in North America again, honestly. Have fun in Russia, fucko.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's really what it comes down to is you got to have some empathy and you got to be able to uh, soul search inside of yourself and see if if you've got it within yourself to become a better person. And if you don't, well, then society is going to bar you. That's just how it works
0: yeah so i i just i just hate that argument of oh like he was 14 he needs a second chance like shame to ruin his career uh for something he did so long ago it's like no fuck that actions have consequences obviously this kid's never learned that until now but he's learning a fucking harsh lesson now about that yeah and i hope i hope he well for one i hope he does grow and become a better person but two i really I honestly hope he never makes it to the nhl ever
1: yeah fair enough
0: Anyways, uh, so before we dive into the rest of our show, just want to take a minute to tell you about one of BCMG's sponsors, livingmybestcigarlife.com. Do you enjoy a nice stogie on the porch from time to time? If you do, livingmybestcigarlife.com is perfect for you. They have over 1,500 premium cigars, various sized humidors and gift sets, as well as name brand accessories and monthly specials. Check out their Facebook at Living My Best Cigar Life and their Twitter at My Best Cigar Life for more info. When you make your first order, make sure to use My Best Cigar Life in all caps for a $10 discount. Don't just live your best life, live your best cigar life.
1: And for any ladies out there listening, we didn't forget about you. Do you like the latest fashions and tips at great prices? Of course you do. Who doesn't? I know I do. But if that sounds like you, then loveyco.com is the place for you. So whether you're a lady shopping for yourself or a guy looking for the perfect gift for your significant other, just use the code PUCKLEHEAD. That's P-U-C-K-L-E-H-E-A-D and you'll get a 10% off your first Lovey court order.
0: All right, time to hop into some football talk. Uh, so yeah, we got another good week of football under us. You know, That's a couple weeks in a row now. That's been a lot of good matchups, so that's a lot of fun, but uh, this week was extremely frustrating to bet on as a couple of just random upsets that I don't think many people saw coming happened. Threw off pretty much all of my bets, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> Moving on, here are our not-so-rapid-fire takes from week nine of the NFL season. Uh, jumping in, Denver versus Atlanta. Jerry Judy finally has a big game. You love to see it. I've been seeing comments from beat writers saying how, He is the most frustrating player to watch this year because he is every bit as good of a route runner as everyone thought he was going to be. And he's open on every route, but fucking Drew Locke and whoever else is throwing the ball just can't hit him. So all the beat writers in Denver have been extremely frustrated with, with Jerry Judy, not because of him, because of the quarterback situation. So it's nice to see him get a big game. Uh, Seven catches for over 100 yards and a touchdown, I think. But, I mean, just getting those seven catches took 14 targets, so uh, not great over there. But
1: Yeah, I think there's still uh, potential with Drew Locke yet. It's just a matter of getting used to the league. Like, this is only his second go-around, so I'd be patient with that. It's going to be super helpful having a guy like Judy that's as open as he is. And keep in mind, you know, they get Cortland Sutton back next year, and that's just such a massive boost to that offense that uh, if they can keep it together on the defense, hopefully Von Miller comes back healthy and they can really make a run next year, I think. Yeah.
0: I I mean, I'm not out on Drew Locke yet, but I think he really needs to show over the rest of the season that he can dial it in a little bit. Because, I mean, yeah, he's second year in the league, and – he missed half of the games already this year with injuries, so it's not all on him, but he's got to really dial it in, I think or else they are or else he's at risk of losing his job.
1: Yeah, and another thing on that game, uh Props to Atlanta, they're 3 and 1 since they replaced their coach. So, I mean, maybe they're starting to actually show who they were supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, could be. Uh
0: so Packers beat the 49ers handily on Thursday night. Aaron Rodgers continues his quest for the MVP with another great 305-yard, four-touchdown game. Uh, Yeah,
1: what do you think about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers? I think that they're the most likely NFC favorite right now. Outside of Tampa Bay beating the brakes off of them, which to me, I kind of chalk up as an anomaly. I don't know that that's the, the standard of the Packers. I think that was one of those games where Rodgers had his head taken out of the game early. And unfortunately he didn't bring himself back out of it. But I do think that he has that capability. It was just kind of one of those ones where it got away from him and he, he mentally checked out. Yeah. It's kind of,
0: that's what it exactly what it looked like, honestly.
1: Yeah. And I think um, outside of that, like this team has shown every sign that they've got exactly what's needed for a big run. Whether it's to the Super Bowl or just deep into the NFC playoffs, but uh, yeah, I mean Rogers is probably first or second on my list of MVP voting right now. How about you? Yeah, yeah, he's he's
0: definitely up there, and uh, that's what we're. That's what I was just going to ask you about. Uh, moving on to Seattle and Buffalo, Buffalo beat Seattle, and they're on an absolute roller coaster right now. It's hard to tell if they're legit, but they sure looked like it on Sunday. And that was the question I had for you. Was this the week that Rodgers passed Russ in the MVP race?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's tough to say. Um, There's three guys between he, Rodgers, and then uh, Patrick Mahomes that I think all deserve equal rights to one of the top three spots in the MVP voting right now. They're all doing incredible things on winning teams. I think at one, I'd probably have to go Rodgers for now, but uh, plenty of football left, so that could change. Yeah,
0: I'm not even sure where I stand because this is what I keep looking at. And so Russ has had two bad games where he's thrown multiple interceptions and ended up losing those games. But in those two games, he's thrown, sure, he's thrown five interceptions. He's also thrown five touchdowns over 700 yards and has damn near 100 yards on the ground. So, I mean, if those are your worst games of the year, you're putting up three fifty and three uh that's i mean that's that's an mvp right there if if uh, your
1: worst games of the year are, are that good i do think that there's something to consider when it comes to russ's case and it's that seattle's defense puts him in positions where he has to keep producing whereas i think with the packers and with the chiefs there are times where rogers doesn't have to be rogers and mahomes doesn't have to be mahomes so I do think that there's a little bit of inflation when it comes to some of the Russ stats, but I mean stats are stats, right? He still has to go out and do it. So it's kind of tough to decide where to draw the line in that regard.
0: Yeah, sure. But then if you make that argument, then Mahomes should be the in in the lead for the MVP, in my opinion, because even without, you know, being in those positions where he has to produce, all his numbers are still better than Russ's. It's just, you know, there's that there's that, I don't know what it is. Like, there's that air around Russell Wilson this year where it's like, man, this guy's on another level. But it's like, well, is he? He's on the same level as Mahomes right now, who's even slightly ahead. But we might be seeing that a lot in Mahomes' career where he's technically the best quarterback in the league, but not getting MVP. Cause it's like, well, you got to be better than you, man. Like, you're already you. You just got to be better now if you want the MVP.
1: Yeah. Well, and with sports, I think it's kind of common that there's just usually a narrative going into the MVP, like Russ is going in, was that he's never had an MVP vote, right? So everyone's like, oh, this is his year. And, well, mm-hmm. uh, and you, you see it all the time in, in the NBA too, right? With, like, when uh, when Harden won, it was like, well, it's Harden's year. Or when uh, Westbrook won, well, it's the triple-double year. It's Giannis's year. It's, you know, like, these are, it seems like they're already decided before the season even started. And yeah, uh, like
0: in all of those years, LeBron probably should have won it.
1: Yeah. And I mean, this year, uh, I'm going to be keeping a close eye on Luka Doncic because that's who everybody's talking about is, oh, this is Luka's year. Well, I mean, if people are already saying it ahead of time, does that mean it's decided? Like,
0: yeah. Yeah. I, I saw that he's got the, I think he, he has the highest uh, chance, Vegas chance to win MVP this year. So, yeah. And the NBA, man, they're always just yeah deciding it about halfway through the season it's like yeah you know this guy if he keeps up this pace mvp for sure <laughs> and it's like well what about all these other guys who have the same same amount of points just we've yeah. never seen this guy do it before so now he gets an mvp because of that
1: yeah no it's it's strange so <sighs> interesting stuff the mvp is always so weird in every sport but
0: Anyways, uh, moving on. Ravens and Colts. Uh, this one looked like it was going to be a barn burner, and then the Colts scored no points in the second half and lost 24-10. to 10. Uh, Jet, what happened to your boys?
1: Phil Rivers happened again. He's just not yeah. good at football, and I'm so sick of us pretending that he is. I, went, I took to Twitter uh, on Sunday, and I said, at Colts, start Jacoby, and I meant it genuinely. I think that we could get more out of him than we can with Phil Rivers. He can't throw past 15 yards. And when he does throw past 15 yards, it's almost a pick every time. (laughs) So I'm just, I don't know, as a Colts fan, I'm over it. We had that game in hand and then went into the second half, completely abandoning our offensive game plan where we were actually running the ball very well between Taylor, Wilkins, and Hines. And we just stopped doing it. And we put the game into the hands of Phil and he blew it.
0: Yeah. And right, right from the start when they signed him, I was like, that's the guy you want to like, you have a, you have a team that was super bowl bound before Andrew Luck retired. You just need to find 80% of that 75% of that, you know, just a guy who's going to come in and not make mistakes and your team is going to, you know, give you a chance to, to go deep in the playoffs. If you want a guy who's not going to make a lot of mistakes, Phillip rivers was the last guy you want to, well, second, last guy to, uh, Jameis Winston but you know bottom two for guys who you want on your team if you're looking for a guy who's not going to make mistakes
1: well and I would have almost rather preferred Jameis because at least then you know he's going to fucking sling and have 400 yards and four touchdowns it's just a matter of if he throws three picks or two
0: (laughs) yeah exactly yeah so I I I didn't like that signing right from the get-go but I don't know they'll continue to be a middling middling team in the playoff contention
1: if Tennessee, in the next three weeks, the Colts play them twice, and if they win even one of those, they probably win the division. So at that point, then you're scrapping with teams like Cleveland and stuff for a wild card spot, and it's just not not where you want to be as a franchise. Yeah.
0: But uh, moving on, in the battle of the 1-6 in six teams, uh, Houston beat Jacksonville in a close one, 27-25 but the Jags are the real winners here because they are one week closer to getting an actual starting QD QB from the draft. So
1: yeah. And in. Oh, they would have been so, so happy if the jets could have held off the Patriots. Could you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. it was not to, not to be Adam Gase realized that he still wants Trevor Lawrence and it is what it is. But, uh, kudos to Jacksonville. Hopefully you find a guy that you like, uh, as far as the texans go holy man two and seven and you don't have your first round pick where is this franchise going oof
0: yeah that's that's rough man if if the jets get trevor lawrence which they i mean they almost assuredly will how do you not as a franchise fire adam Gase immediately
1: yeah i think you have to
0: absolutely you know like start fresh with you you have Trevor Lawrence. You can trade Sam Darnold and get a decent package, I still think, for for Sam Darnold. But you have to fire Adam Gase as soon as you get that first overall pick.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I've even heard rumors of... Um, so it's kind of like what they were doing with Arizona with Cliff Kingsbury and uh, Kyler Murray. I've heard that there's a lot of rumors about Dabo coming on with Trevor Lawrence to the Jets um and I think you know why not take a shot if he's comfortable with that coach and he can produce under him I I would do that oh is that what I like
0: Kingsbury came from the team that Kyler Murray was drafted from yeah oh I didn't know that yeah I mean hey if yeah I mean it's worked for the past what three years in Clemson so yeah bring the guy along and you know, Trevor Lawrence can step right into the NFL already knowing the system that he's going to be playing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's 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 a matter of uh, you know being comfortable and and trusting your guy. So yeah, and he can't be worse than uh, Adam Gase.
0: So win win. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Panthers they gave the Chiefs a bit of a scare, but fell just short. CMC was back and looked as good as ever, but. He got hurt again and might be missing more time, which is something you hate to see.
1: Yeah, I mean, wh- like you just stack up bad luck after bad luck, right? And that's that's tough. He's he's so electric when he's in the lineup, and he's so like he's such a game changer. Like they were right in the thick of it, and that's against probably the Super Bowl favorite, you know. So I just don't know what to expect I'm so so tired about the the injury narrative this year it just sucks like so many guys are hurt and it's just a matter of like what if on so many teams yeah it's crazy it's too bad
0: uh, the Vikings stomped on the Bears but who cares that game is pretty irrelevant so we'll move on to the Titans are back in the win <laughs> column after two losses in a row with a 24 to 17 win over Chicago oh wait. I got Chicago here twice. Who did the Vikings play?
1: Uh, the Vikings played the Lions.
0: Oh, that's even more irrelevant.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. What do you think about the Titans getting back in the wind column against Chicago? I mean, good on them. That, that is a game you should win. Surprisingly close. But um, yeah, they... Uh, they produced the way they should, which is a much-needed scene for them. I thought uh, Derrick Henry could have produced a little bit more. I thought Hill looked pretty average. But A.G. Brown looked good, looked real good. So, uh, I mean, it looks that. to me that if they can even just get one facet of their offense working against a middling team, they should beat them. So if they can kick it into high gear, they should be able to compete with real good teams. So they're an interesting one to watch.
0: Yeah, I like I like I like the Titans a lot. I think they're I think they're one of those underrated teams. I mean, just like they showed last year, where they went into the playoffs as a in a wild card spot and beat beat Baltimore. So,
1: I mean, I think this team's got a lot to show. Still, totally. And I think that they can beat you in many ways. Um, they've had a lot of issues with health this year with receivers, so that's that hasn't helped Town Hell very much.
0: No, but yeah, if they if they're all healthy going into the playoffs, they're they're a scary team, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Giants beat the uh, football team, <laughs> which further muddies the water in the pathetic NFC East. I saw this stat uh, yesterday, and I don't have it right in front of me, so I'm not sure exactly the numbers here. But since Daniel Jones has been named the starter of the Giants, they are something like oh, five and twenty something. And four of those wins are against Washington, so they're really like <laughs> so they're really like one in nineteen against the rest of the league with Daniel Jones as their starter. Jeez, right?
1: Oh, Washington never change.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's oh man.
1: How about that fumble where it looked like nobody wanted to jump on the ball?
0: <laughs> Every team just gave up. They're just like, you know, fuck it, man.
1: Yeah, We're do done. we want to win? Do we do we want a higher pick? What are we doing here?
0: Daniel Jones coming off the fucking sidelines to jump on that ball because he doesn't want to lose his job.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a shit show. NFC East, what is going on? Oh, it's it's just comical at this point. Yeah, really. Well, and what's even sadder about the whole situation is like, there is still one team in the division that like many thought uh, their quarterback was going to be an MVP a couple years ago. In Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia Eagles, and now, like, what is going on with that franchise? It is insane.
0: Man, he has fallen off a cliff. Like, he has so so far. Sucks and- to see because yeah, he was looking really good for a couple of your first first couple of years, and now it's just maybe it's the NFC East getting to eventually. You can't you can't beat the NFC East. The NFC East beats you. <laughs> you know you get. You get in there and you think, "Okay, I'm going to beat up on all these teams my whole career," and then they just they just work you down to being just as shitty as the rest of them.
1: <laughs> yeah, make you play down to them.
0: Yeah. The uh the Raiders they squeaked out a win over the Chargers. Uh, another close loss for the Chargers. They're kind of reminding me of Arizona from last season or a couple seasons ago whenever it was where they were losing almost every game, but everyone was like, extreme close like within 3 points of like every single loss which is insane and that's kind of the vibes I'm getting from the Chargers this year. I think I think they're primed for a breakout next year if they can shore up a couple pieces and Justin Herbert can take a take another step forward. I think this is going to be a team to watch next year.
1: Yeah, any doubt that I had <clears throat> about Justin Herbert going into the season has been completely nullified at this point. I think he's 100% legit. I think he's going to be their guy for 15 years. And what he's doing I find is super impressive because he's doing this with Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, and then Mike Williams to me is kind of just meh. Like he'd he'd be the maybe WR2, WR3 on most teams, and and he doesn't really pop to me. Um, So to do that and have Eckler out for most of this season shows me signs that no matter what kind of offense they're going to run, he's going to be able to do it. So I'm not worried about their offense at all on the defensive end. They've had so many key injuries that uh, yeah, they're going to lose games that are close and it is what it is. And you kind of just have to own that. But um, in the future, future years, if they can get healthy, yeah, they're in a great position to win. Yeah. And uh, I mean,
0: if they, if they keep losing these close ones, you know, you get a top 10 pick and, you know, add a key, another key piece to defense, or or add another uh, stud offensive piece, and all of a sudden now you're looking like a team that can dominate on both sides of the ball.
1: Yeah, and you know, Herbert is exactly what that franchise needed because you look across your division and you see Patrick Mahomes on the other side. You know you're going to have to put up points, right? So if Herbert can develop into somebody that maybe can at least do eighty percent of what Mahomes can do that should hopefully be enough that if they can tailor their defense to stop the Chiefs in the future, that they can actually, you know, bang in that division and don't have to worry about being dominated every year.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, they just needed a guy who could throw farther than 15 yards. Exactly. (laughs)
1: Like
0: Phil Rivers. (laughs) Get old P. River.
1: Yeah, God, man, don't get me started on that guy. I'm so over it.
0: The uh, the Dolphins stunned the Cardinals. Uh, the Cardinals are a team who I've been rising on, um, but now I kind of think I'm rising on Miami a little bit. They've won four in a row, and they're looking
1: pretty good with Tua behind center. Yeah, I mean, uh, they knew that this transition was coming. I found it pretty interesting that people were like, oh, Fitzpatrick got blindsided. No, he didn't. Flores came into the year and said, when we feel comfortable putting Tua in, we're going to nobody's gonna know when but we will know as a coaching staff so i mean it is what it is he put them in they're winning football games that's all that matters i'm not looking at numbers or anything the only thing that matters in miami right now is w's
0: yeah yeah man they they look pretty good honestly
1: yeah and they look motivated can't count them out in any game yeah you know there's past seasons where it kind of looks like miami just mails it in because they're like well whatever we're getting another top pick big deal but uh, this year, no, they look like they're actually playing for something. And I think that's a huge factor in, in why they're winning. The worst part about it for, for Miami is
0: when they had Adam Gase, they were completely just irrelevant. Worst team in the league to the point where their best player on defense, Minka Fitzpatrick, was like, fuck this. I want out. Trade me right now. They trade him to Pittsburgh. Now, one year later, they fired Adam Gase, and they're actually a pretty solid team. It's like, man, how much could they use Minka on the, in the back end now?
1: Yeah, well, and isn't that such a quandary for, for owners, right? Is like, what matters more here, and who's the problem? Unfortunately, Miami didn't understand that Gase was the problem at that time, and it cost them a super talented player. But mm-hmm. uh, I think there are circumstances where players just aren't showing out, and their coach actually is pretty good. But yeah. um, that was not one of those cases.
0: No, what was Minka, like a fifth overall or something like that, too? Uh, I I don't recall, to be honest with you. I think he was top 10, and for them to... I don't know what they got in the trade for him, but, I mean, you never want to lose a top 10 pick, uh, you know, two years after you drafted him.
1: Oh, yeah, that's, that's fair.
0: Anyways, speaking of Pittsburgh, they beat Dallas, despite trailing most of the game, which just proves that Dallas is so pathetic that Pittsburgh can mail it in and still win. But, uh good on
1: Gus Gilbert, man. He had a he had a hell of a first start. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you got to give the kid some credit. Um that's that's a incredibly tough defense to go against and he seemed to handle himself pretty well for a guy that should have been a deer in the headlights on the Pittsburgh side of things. According to the Pittsburgh fans that I know, this seems to be a common theme with, with the Steelers, especially in winning seasons, where they, they tend to play down to teams that are significantly weaker than them. Almost as if like they just don't take them seriously, and that's, that's on them, right? So that might have been case in point uh, this weekend, but um, they got it done anyways. They're still undefeated. And I got to think that that's a bit of a kick in the pants to, you know, hey, wake up. We we can't play like that against good teams.
0: Yeah, they they probably went back in the dressing room and just sigh of relief because they're like, oh, man, how, how embarrassing would that have been if we lost to Dallas with Gus Gilbert behind center?
1: Yeah, no kidding.
0: But uh, to finish off here, Saints, they absolutely stomped on the Bucks, 38-3. to They sent in their backups in the second half just a you know as a one last fuck you to the to the bucks uh that was an impressive win and a statement by the saints i think they're still legit uh i was kind of questioning them but after that performance you know maybe they maybe they are actually still contenders
1: well what i didn't understand heading into the game was that it seemed like universally the bucks were getting picked to win this game and i just couldn't wrap my mind around the idea of everybody picking the team that lost the first go around to win the second one. It didn't make sense to me. I understand that they're at home, but I mean, the reality is that should have been a split pick and it just wasn't. And the saints came out and showed you exactly why the Buccaneers do not control that division right now. They they won't until the saints truly fall. And I don't know when that day is going to come because they're getting healthy now.
0: Yeah. Man, I know I I was adamant in all my bets. Uh, I had Saints in everyone. I didn't take the Bucks in any of them, but I was also adamant about Arizona and Seattle winning too. So the the those two lost me all my bets. But uh, I I had Saints right from the get go. I don't I don't really believe in the Bucks, but they're there and they're pretty good. So you know I can't I can't completely discount
1: them. But Since- yeah, I think the Saints are good. Since bets have come up a couple times, I, I I wanted to point one out that was just a real heartbreaker for me this weekend. I just did a kind of for fun, threw fifteen dollars down on a twelve game money line parlay. So just pick the winners, mm-hmm. and I had eleven out of twelve right. My one That's wrong true. was the Colts, my own team, cost me seven grand. Oh, you bet with your heart. I did. But I was thinking because that's going to make my odds like way more difficult. So I'd make more money, right?
0: Yeah, seven grand instead of getting five grand.
1: Well, you know what I'm saying though, right? Yeah, no, I do. It it bumps it quite a bit. And my rationale going into the game was actually pretty correct in the first half. It was exactly what I thought was going to happen. It was, I think we can stop the run. Uh, Our defense has been doing it all year. And I think that we can run on them. And that's exactly what they did. And I was like, right on. We're doing exactly what I thought was gonna happen. And then in the second half they came out and they were like, Wait, wait, Jet took us? Oh no, 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 we gotta we gotta blow this Phil, you're throwing.
0: Yeah. No, I, I had that game as a toss up too. I don't know if I I think I only put that in one of my bets. Uh but I, I took Baltimore in one of my bets, but I I think I avoided that matchup because I was like, I'm not I'm not wasting time with a game that I see is going either way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was a tough one. Tough pill to swallow.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much fucking every week for me. Just tough pill to swallow. (laughs) One team just ruins everything for me. It's like, God damn it, guys. Just win the games you're supposed to win. It would be so much easier to bet on sports.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Hey, why don't more teams just do that?
1: I don't know, you know, we should get on the, get on the phone and ask them.
0: Yeah. But before we close out the show, uh, I just want to take a quick minute to talk about another sponsor at blue collar media group thrive fantasy. Thrive fantasy is a daily sports app. That's doing things a little bit differently. They took out the hours of research needed to find those hidden gems that no one else knows about because they keep it to just the top tier players. It's best on best. You spend your cap, you build your roster and you win money. And if you download the app now, deposit some money, minimum of $20, and put in the promo code BCMG, you will receive a bonus $20. So what are you waiting for? Download the app, put in the promo code BCMG, and start winning money today. Free money. Free money, baby. So the last thing I wanted to talk about, uh, since we're more than halfway through the season, are some potential contenders. I mean, we we tossed around that word a bit uh, going through each team this week, but... Uh, this week was crazy. It kind of changed up my personal rankings a bit and I kind of broke it down into four categories. I think I got the Super Bowl contenders. These are the teams with the best chance to win the Super Bowl. I got conference contenders. These are the teams that you know could very well be playing in that conference championship game with a chance to go to the Super Bowl. I got uh, just a little outside. These are the teams that are probably going to be in the playoffs but probably won't do a whole ton of damage. And then I got the Pretenders. These are the teams that have good records but really shouldn't and aren't aren't really a threat. So I'm going to run through my picks for you, Jet, and then I'm going to ask you uh, what you think, if you think teams should move up, down, and kind of where you got these teams. Sure, sounds good. So for Contenders, I got Kansas City for sure, Pittsburgh for sure, and, and I think Baltimore is still in that category. I had Seattle here. Uh, but they're slipping down a little bit for me. So then in the conference contenders uh, category, this is Seattle drop down to this one. I got the Saints with them, Tennessee and the Packers. Uh, the Saints impressed me a hell of a lot on the weekend. Uh, they could be moving into legit contender status for me with a couple more impressive outings like that one. Uh, we talked about the Packers and Tennessee. Like These are teams that I think are legit contenders to go deep in the playoffs same with Seattle and uh yeah I mean I don't think there's much to much else to talk about here in the uh, just a little outside category this is where I got Arizona I got the Colts Tampa Bay Buffalo and the surprise addition to this category is Miami now you know last week Tampa was in my conference contender category but that game Sunday was just embarrassing and you know, if, if they have any any more efforts like that, uh, they're trending towards the pretenders more so than the contenders. Uh, and then Buffalo is here, and they're just kind of they're stuck in limbo between uh, this category and the conference contenders. Because like I said, they – I mean, at the start of the year, they looked legit. They had a couple bad weeks there where they were really struggling, and then they looked legit against Seattle again. So I'm going to have to see – what they do next week or the week after to see if they move up or down. But you know, this could be a team that rises quickly and for the pretenders, uh, this is the Browns, the Rams, the Raiders, the bears, and the 49ers. Uh, A couple of these teams might make the playoffs, but you know, I'm not, not looking, not looking for any of these guys to make any noise in the playoffs. Uh, So yeah, there's my contenders list. Jet, What do you think about these? And, 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 who needs to move up and who needs to move down?
1: Well, I think you've got a pretty solid list and good reasoning behind it. Um, I think when it comes to my Super Bowl contenders, I would look at the AFC and I think that the Steelers and Chiefs are kind of running away from everybody else. I think that they're in their own league. Um, in the NFC side of things, I think that the Saints and the Packers, to me, are the two teams that really stick out as potentially going to the Super Bowl on that side of things. Um, well-rounded teams that can uh, beat you in multiple ways. And their defenses have both shown that they're, they they do have the capacity to take games over as well. So that's why I've got those four uh, where they are. After that, I think I'm looking at like the Seahawks, probably Tampa Bay in the NFC as conference contenders. These are teams that can make some noise in the playoffs. But um, when it comes to Tampa, for whatever reason, sometimes that offense, even though it's so full of talent, can kind of just disappear, which is a concern. And uh, for the Seahawks, they're just an incomplete team. They're an incredibly offensive team with an incredibly weak defense, which is very um, counter to the Super Bowl winning team that they had uh, just a few years ago. Uh, on the teams that are just a little, or sorry, I didn't do the AFC on the AFC side of the conference contenders. I'm looking at the bills and I'm looking at the Titans. Uh, Ravens are in that mix as well. Uh, these are three teams that, yeah, can they make some noise in the playoffs? Sure. But do I think they're going to beat Pittsburgh or Kansas city? No, I really don't. I don't think any combination of those three teams versus either of the two, would actually pull it off. Um, it, it could be the case, but do I think that they could beat both Can- Kansas City and Pittsburgh to get to the Super Bowl? No, I don't think that that would, would happen. So that's why I placed them there. Uh, just a little outside. This is kind of just rounding out the opinions here. Cardinals, yeah, interesting team. Um, I don't even know if the Raiders are going to make playoffs, so I don't think I'll touch that. Rams, yeah, they're another one that'll probably make playoffs. Um, Browns, Colts, Bears, uh, Dolphins are working their way into that mix for sure. But, uh, again, these are teams that, like, if they're going to make noise, they really got to figure out how to put a full full 60 minutes together um, consistently. Because right now, we're seeing flashes of success with each of these teams. But... If you're not consistent and you get into the playoffs, you're just going to, you know, you might win a game, but you're going to run into a wall the next. So those are kind of the teams that I'm keeping my eyes on. Biggest pretender, though, probably out of that entire group is Cleveland. Uh, Just being that I have zero faith in Baker Mayfield to come back in a football game. Fair
0: enough. Hey, that's a well, we'll come back to this in a couple weeks and and see what what we changed and. And which teams are moving up and which teams are moving down. But, you know, uh, other than that, that's our show for today. Uh, So for myself, Jet, and everyone else at Blue Collar Media Group, thanks for tuning in, and hopefully we'll see you again next week. Take care,
1: everyone. Stay safe. Peace.